Welcome back, film fans. This is Beer Bourbon and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 19. Today, film fans, we're going to be reviewing Lady Bird, The Darkest Hour, and Black Panther. Wakanda! Forever. So, Tawana, what are we going to drink today? All right. First of all, you will not believe how hard it is to get African beers into the U.S. I believe it. I mean, I looked in a lot of places. I believe it. It was really hard to find. I couldn't even get a growler. So I guess I'm throwing it out there to you from fans. If I'm incorrect or you got a better resource than I do, please let me know because I was trying my best to represent Wakanda in the best way. I hear you. But I settled for England. So, no doubt. No <laughs> with doubt. that being said, I'm drinking Newcastle Brown Ale, mostly known as the Working Man's Brew in the UK. Newcastle Brown Ale is is basically a full body, smooth caramel colored ale with notes of bananas and dried fruit. It was formerly brewed in Newcastle, now brewed in Holland, which is kind of such a disappointment by none other than Heineken. Which is weird. I like a good honey every now and then, though. It's a little musky for me. That's all right. Yeah, you know, I'm not big on musk. But anyway, <laughs> it's, 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 it's got a good flavor. It's light, it's sweet, nice and malty. Uh, like you were saying earlier, it reminds you of Achilles because it's mm-hmm. got that, that malty, nutty um, uh, sort of like taste and flavor to it. But okay. I really enjoy it. Well, you know, that's interesting that you say that and you picked the beer that you did because I picked Knob Creek this time and I, I wanted to. Uh, Keep it in that kind of frame of your your woody kind of sweet, full bodied flavor. It's a yeah. little spicy, which which brings me to Rakanda, but it also reminds me of Winston Churchill and how he right. was in the darkest hour. So and it has that oaky kind of woody flavor to it. So I right. think this was a good choice. And uh, Knob Creek, you know, considering the fact that you see it on all the shelves and it's it's pretty expensive, but uh, and it's been around for a minute, but it's only been around since 1992. Really? And I always felt like it was it's such an older blend, but it's a small batch, and the one we're drinking today is <laughs> straight Kentucky bourbon whiskey. It's a hundred proof, so hundred uh, proof. It's pretty strong, and I'm drinking it neat, and I'm also gonna have a cigar after I'm done in oh, honor of Winston Churchill. So nice. You'll see the pictures on on the online. Yes, folks. for sure. You'll see the pictures on uh, on Instagram. I wish I could light one up in here while we're talking about the movies, but next time. Yeah, I thought to get some myself, and then I was like, "What? You can't be lighting those in here." <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's get into it. We're gonna start with uh, Lady Bird. Lady Bird. All right, uh, Lady Bird, starring Sirsa. Sirsa Ronan. Yeah. I'm sorry. Pretty sure I got like that. muted. Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse. I was close. Thanks, Alex, for joining us. Sorry, close. sorry, sorry. Yeah. I was I was snacking on a pretzel. Snacking on a pretzel. Okay, and so. I muted my mic. Saoirse <laughs> Ronan. Saoirse Ronan. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back. Right? I know we had a little bit of a delay. Yes. yes. Um, I may have had something to do with that. You were infected. I was infected. I lost my memory of where I laid the 
SD cards. Yeah. So many things, but so I'm many glad things. you're enjoying the, the Call Me By Your Name episode that's online right now. So um, <laughs> That was a fun episode. It that was. That was, was, was very fun. It was, was a lot of fun. It and, was and fun. Great movies, and, um, but back to Saoirse Ronan. And, yes. uh, oh. So it's, so it's Lady, Lady Bird. Bird directed by Greta Gerwig, who's an actress, screenwriter, screenplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now director. And now director. I think she's done this and one other. Um, so the two two heavy hitters in this coming of age tale in Sacramento are Searsha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it right. You know you got it right. All right, I'm, I'm just I'm 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 American. I fuck up names. I'm sorry. And Laurie Metcalf, who I love. In this <laughs> who film, I love for a lot of different reasons, but I love her as an actress too. Fellow LGBT. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so we'll start off. We've been having a bit of a debate. We all come from this, I think, all these films, except for Black Panther, I think we all have separate ideals about it. I could not relate to this film at all. I will admit it. I'm just over these coming of age, not a lot of problems. I needed something to identify. It really just seemed suburban plight at its highest, which I'd seen before. And I could relate to the whole mother-daughter dynamic, but other than that, I just thought the actors um, were very good in it. I just, I'm sorry I'm gonna say it, it's not an Oscar caliber film, I'm sorry. This is a Sundance caliber film. But this is not Oscar in comparison to what they're up against. Maybe a Tribeca film? Up, or yeah, or a Tribeca spirit. Independent Spirit. Definitely um, Screen Actors Guild. All of that. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Give them applause. But in comparison to Call Me By My Name, no. Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, so many. Uh, Shape of Water. I can't put this in a caliber. Even the emotion was less to me than it was in Call Me By My Name. But mm-hmm. I digress. You guys chime in. Well, for me, I, one, one, I like yeah, I, I like coming-of-age films. And so... I do, too. It, it, <laughs> what works for me with this piece was that I understood her, her wanting to be something different from what she was. And I understood right. her situation of trying to get out of out of where she grew up and yeah. what and she had dreams and and, and envisioned things for herself and her own future that were different from the people around her right. because every they were always everybody in that town thought very small with the exception of Timothy mm-hmm. the uh antagonist in this piece Shalomet. Yes, he was also in uh Call Me by Your Name. Mm-hmm. She everything around them was about thinking very small and her her mom kind of reinforced constantly yeah that that, was brutal you know you're a community college that's the best you're ever going to be you know you'll do good to be able to just survive your life you know but she had bigger dreams for herself and i think that and i think the mom did too i think she just kind of fell into a situation where she became the mom and like this counselor she worked in uh counseling for depression she worked in counseling and she she was a nurse though yeah she she was she was very angry and 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 i think there was something about the plight of her own life that she saw reflected in her daughter and she she resented her daughter's bigger dreams and bigger aspirations and she kind of but i think it was in a way of trying to keep her from being so disappointed in, in the disappointed in yeah. the disappointment that she felt herself. Yeah. So I, that's what I that spoke to me in this piece, and and I think that I know it's not for everybody, but what 
what worked for me in these kinds of pieces is the fact that people are allowed to express themselves. And there was some certain, so many things that happened in this film, like for the, the fact that, you know, okay, when she, you know, they're in, they're in like uh, high school or something. Mm -hmm. And then she has the Catholic school. She, she wants to aspire to greater things. So then she starts hanging out with a whole different crowd of people just to right. get next to the guy. Right? right. So she, she abandons her girl that she grew up with right. and that they've been hanging out with forever. This has happened to many people over and over and over, over in high and school. Again. And I think that the beauty of how this was, handled was the fact that she saw her mistake mm -hmm. and she realized that she needed to go back to where she started from sure. and and even in her matriculation and in her asking her father to help her with financial aid and all these other things that happened in the film that she saw that at the end of the day that was really where her home was and it wasn't necessarily about the, the town itself, but it was all about the things that made the town great. And it was her family and her friends and all those things that she kind of loved. And she missed that when she got to New York, her, the place that she was trying to get to so bad. Mm -hmm. She missed it when she got there. But she needed that realization to say, and I feel like, and I know we didn't see this in the film, but I feel like she'll be a stronger person of course. once she... Once she accepted, okay, this is yeah. this is my past and this is how I grew up, yeah. but this is where I'm going to go from here. So now, and and even in the fact that she had the realization that she dropped the the ladybird and, yeah, and used her it. own name, that was a very powerful moment. Yeah. And I think there was some there was some beautiful incidences in this film where you could not that everybody's going to relate to it, but mm -hmm. it, it's one of those self-reflection kind of films whether it be how you relate to your parents when you're trying to make a transition in your life right. or how you relate to your friends because some right. of your friends don't change that they don't move they don't grow they just they're just yeah. who they are in that moment and, and they stay that way they may not want you to either right and they and they stop you from doing other things mm -hmm. and i think that's where her brother was because mm -hmm. her, her brother was anti everything she did. Yeah, and he went to Berkeley. Right, he was anti everything she did because mm -hmm. he kind of felt like, well, this is his lot in life. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? He he got with this girl, he, and they were young and trying to move into their lives. Right. And then he became he started competing with his own father. Yeah, for jobs. Well, because I guess she inspired him to be better. Right, and so but but you you run into those kinds of things, but it, that's what this movie spoke to me about and right. how people change and they, and they grow in a different way and there are stumbling blocks that happen in their life whether they be in your family or in your friends right. but you still have to find a way to navigate around them right. and i think that what what they did in this in this piece was interesting yeah they, they i i agree with you i don't necessarily think it's oscar Calgary. Yeah, I think it, it's a great Calgary. independent film. It's yeah. great for award shows right, and the film right. festival circuit. It, it speaks to all of that, but it's it's not a moonlight. It's not a call no, me by your name. It's, it's not. not a shape of water. It's right. not a Dunkirk. It's not even the post. No, you know what I mean. The it, in the in the scheme of right. things, but it's one of those films that I would own. Oh yeah, and I would watch again because I I like movies like this right. though because I like. I like smaller films where it's about character development and, and, and expression in that way. I don't need a lot of special effects and all that kind of stuff happening. I don't need a lot of violence. I don't. I, I like simple kind of movies. Right. But but I say all that to say I agree with how you feel about it when it when you putting it up against some of these greater films. Right. Like to me. Three Billboards was a similar kind of movie, but in in the fact that it was small, it was but small. because but it dealt with the 
so many different emotions right. that I think this film did not really tackle. Because you, you don't, other than her dating situation and her right. friendship situation, like, what does she want to be? I know she right. says, you know, she in the film you see her trying to be in a, this actress and all this kind of stuff, which really wasn't her calling. Wasn't but her calling. what was her calling? Like we, we we never, never really we never really found well, out what she that was, know. but it's because she did not know. Yeah. But that's that also speaks to coming of age because a lot of times yeah. you don't know what you you're going to end up being. And I was I was talking to a good friend last night, and and we were talking about why how how life makes change happen for you, it and how you start just start one way and you end up doing something else, and yeah. and that's kind of what I see happening to her. Plus. Uh, you know, if we saw this film 10 years later, yeah. you know, she would be in a different place. She's in New York and she's doing right. different kinds of things. And New York has a way of flipping your life upside down. It changes you. And so I think it that... It raises you. You know, I think that Frances, the director, I think in all her work, Great whether idea. she be an actress or, or now directing, I think that she's that kind of person that's going to show you these kinds of slices of life. Yeah. You know, these moments. But this could also have been a short film. Yeah, you know this I mean? definitely was like a short film. It could have film. been a short film that just got expanded. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I see, I see your point, too, in terms of, because you and I come from different, um, different similar backgrounds, but different um, homelands, in a mm -hmm. sense, because you grew up in a small town, so mm -hmm. I know you probably, you know, um, related to this, about getting out and being mm -hmm. different and wanting to be better yes. than the people around you and I'm sure people were telling you what do you want to do that for when you can right. just be here and Always. do that Always. and me growing up in New York City n I've had times where people well when I was said to my dad I want to be a someone I want to be well initially I was like I want to be a director and he was like I'm gonna tell you right now you're never gonna find a job and if you get a job it's short-lived um, not a lot of people are Oscar filmmakers he's like i'm not trying to tell you not to do it you please go do it but you're not gonna you're not gonna be a have a happy life and like you said new york changes you and mm -hmm. once you get into school you change your mind and things change but anyway needless to say um i don't know what it's like to live in a small town i want to get out i've always lived in a city well you know the, the thing about and I have to, and I know everybody who's listening is not necessarily living in New York, mm -mm. but New York is a very small town too, because be. New York is divided up into communities and, and neighborhoods boroughs and boroughs and, and all of that. Yeah. And there are some people, believe it or not, yes. that have never left their boroughs and and come into Manhattan. Even yeah. their neighborhood, it, it, it's even so their neighborhood, frightening. And so you it still is frightening, or even let's say Long Island. Yeah, because there are people that live in Long Island that never come into the city but for anything. They only come here for celebrations. Right. So. It's it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's a very much that. a small bottle town mentality. At, bottle service at Monarch. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So it's so that STK. that kind of that element is still the same. So I, you know, not everybody has to have the the small town experience, but you still but have right. small community experience. You're right. And the fact that you do have you run into people who tell you, right. well, you're not going to be able to do that. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that what shines about this this kind of film is the fact that even though she was constantly bombarded with people telling her she was not going to be able to do that. She was and determined. She was determined to fight past that. And those are the kinds of things that I always like about 
coming of age pieces. And me oh, myself, yeah. I've experienced it over and over and over again. I'm always the only one, the pioneer, the trailblazer. Right. Yeah. Oh my God, how are you doing this? And you're in a fucking wheelchair. Okay, guess what? I'm doing it. Right, right. You know what I mean? So if if I let any one person tell me, Oh, you can't do this, where would I be? Exactly. You understand? Know so I think that's my connection to these yeah, kinds of I pieces. Yeah, I can see that now. But, but two, I agree in the fact that, well, in the landscape of the films that are out here this year and that are up for awards, right. not to say all of them are great because no. I didn't really like the post, mm. but, no, you know, it's, it's, it. it's still out here. You know what I mean? Right, it's right. still out here. And I'm glad for Frances that, one, she's a woman. Greta. Greta, I'm sorry. I keep calling her Frances because that was the Frances movie she was Hall in. Frances she was in. Yeah, yeah, she was in Frances High and she got on my nerves and I actually fell asleep during the film. But, <laughs> but, but, because I was like, well, this is just poor little Brooklynites trying to figure out their way. But, okay, yeah, I get it. It's the same thing. It's, but this, this movie spoke to me in a different way. Shout out to Brooklyn, by the way. But, um, <laughs> You know, I, I I see her doing greater things, and I'm glad that she's allowed because Hollywood is not is not cool when it comes to people right. different from some old white guy. Well, yeah, well, she's you getting know, cheered on right now. She's getting she's cheered on, and I'm hoping a woman in right, that category. And I'm hoping that you know she's going to be able to do greater things. This is a good this is a good Me start. Too. I mean, I want a bigger perspective than girls, but. I don't know if Greta's got that in her. Maybe she will. I, uh, I really think that I, I'm, I'm telling you, I really think I, I that she has the ability to do it. I need a little and because bit more it's it's hard. Trouble. It's hard <laughs> to get recognition. And I was just reading an oh, article. Yeah. Uh, this is an aside. And I'm sorry about this, guys. But the, the, I just read an article from some of the, the black directors who are, you know, we're talking about the, yeah. the impact of Black Panther, which we're going to talk about later. Yes. But how they felt that okay, you had some success and you're being acknowledged right. for your talent and your skill, but they almost felt like it was a failure, like oh, their really? success became a failure because now you're you're put out there, and yeah. then but then the studios don't allow you to make your next films. Right. So what what good is having this big acknowledgement and this success when the studio system in Hollywood is not going to allow you to make your next movies? Well, Coogler got. I don't, I don't want to say he got lucky because it, it felt like he made um, intricate moves because because of him having a conversation with S Sly Stallone, there would be no Creed. It was his idea to do Creed, and he was just like, Sly, don't give up on this story. I think we could do more with it. Mm -hmm. And Sly was like, all right, let's see what we could do. And But see, he made lateral moves, really intricate, planned lateral moves because yeah. he, he could have been lost in the sauce too after so, Fruitvale. So I say that. I say that, and I'm gonna actually post the article on on the. Um, so Michael B. Jordan is like his fucking guy. Yeah, he's, well, they, it's like film film people. They they work with the same people over and over Denzel, again. He's Denzel, the Spike Lee. Exactly, mm. and so the and that's the beauty of it. <laughs> Di but DiCaprio to uh, to Scorsese. Scorsese, exactly, because film or, directors work with the same. Actors. Or De Niro to Scorsese. Exactly, mm. the filmmakers or directors work with the same actors well, over and over. You got a synergy going on, and you, and you don't mess it up, and you know what kind of work they can do. And I feel like it's a great partnership that, yeah, it's a fantastic that they have together. But I, I say all that to say that the same thing is happening with women in Hollywood. Yes, because they're going to be impacted by this change. Because I yes. think that movies like this and the fact that she's being acknowledged beyond the Me Too movement and all of that. Yes. 
she's being acknowledged, and I think that it's opening the door. Cause she is a young woman. She's, she's younger young. than Patty, who did uh, Wonder Woman. Patty Jenkins, yeah. Patty Jenkins. So it's, it's there's an opportunity out there, and I, I want more people yeah, to, to, to be able to step up and, and do these kinds of things. So that's why this film stands out to me. Well, I feel like also this film might have been relatively close to her because she's from Sacramento. Okay. So this so might have been a like her story. little bit of a story, mm-hmm. like a personal story for her. Right. I just was like. Uh, yeah. Now, what I about w- you, Alex? I what did you think of it? Did you see it? I didn't see this no. one. He's, he's kill home. yourself, Alex. Just kill yourself. He's he's buying time. I saw the other two movies. He's well, buying time right. so he could charm in for the yellow. Okay, so I do. I do. That's what was. We happening. already know Alex's <laughs> moment is the darkest hour. So let let. We'll I've got my thoughts on Black Panther too. Oh, of course oh, you yeah, do. Of course Wakanda you. forever. Um, All right. So anyway, back to Lady Bird. Can yeah. I snag? Can I snag a delicious Newcastle though? Yeah. Yeah. No excuse us while Alex has a drink. Um, oh, I, I mean, excuse me while I consume during the podcast called. Beer, bourbon, bourbon and, and a movie. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. By, by all means, by all means, by all means. I'm interrupting your in, flow. Enjoy. I'm sorry um, you, for adhering to the like tenets of the fucking show. Oh, <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I've had like all right. three sips of this 100 proof. And he, we're sad. drinking 100 proof Knob Creek in here today, guys. I am so, drinking uh, Newcastle because the <laughs> last time I messed up the episode <laughs> title, when we had Rebel Yell. It was so good, though. All right, that so now let's, and let's talk about Timothy a little bit. He was in uh, Call he, Me By Your Name. Call Me By My Name. And he was also in Lady Bird. He was also in Lady Bird. His part in Lady Bird was different and shorter. Yes, oh. but it, it was pivotal in the way that it pushed her yeah. to a different place because she, she literally, this character, the lead character, moved mountains yes. to get next to this guy who she thought was so cool and so yeah. in just because he was like he was alternative he was just like whatever i give a fuck he was very political he had he, he had his own agenda he had his own agenda with everything that he did yeah. and i think that i like this guy and I, I was posting an article about him because he he is an actor to watch and I'm, there is he something is, about him he has de niro qualities yeah, he's going to be really good. Yeah, and I, I want him to stay working. And I want him to keep doing roles like this because he's not hes not trying to be a superstar. He's not trying to be Tom Cruise. No, he's, he's trying to work. be an actor. Yeah. So all these films lately and just just seeing the versatility in his work and, and, and even and, and as I watch and as we'll see talk about later, when I watch Dunkirk, Oldman and this guy, this guy has the potential to be, Oldman. To be there one day. Because For sure. it's something about how they just jump into the role, mm-hmm. and and it, it's and so does Sorsha, Sorsha Ronan because she she Sirsha she is incredible. I've watched her a few times. Oh, she's gonna be good. And she she's a very young woman, but I think yeah. that her career is gonna grow. She's gonna be like a streep. Or, yeah, um, definitely. Or uh, well, any of those. Oh, definitely. Other ones. Kristen Stewart. What's the other one that was in Kristen Thor? Stewart? Kristen Stewart. Kristen Thomas. Kristen yeah. Scott Thomas. Yeah, Kristen Scott Thomas, who was in uh, <laughs> Not oh Kristen Stewart. God. I didn't be Kristen Stewart. You mean Kristen up. Scott I'm Thomas, who was excellent in, in uh, <laughs> Darkest Hour. Yes. But um, just because I remember. Cause I'm fucking triggered, dude. Ronan was also in the, the Deadly Bones, wasn't she? Yes. Loved her in that. Kate Blanchett. Yes, Kate Blanchett. She can also be Kate Blanchett. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's actors like this, and I'm glad these young actors aren't just doing bullshit teen comedy 
movies. You know what I mean? They're well, not. Mm. It's not driven mm. by that. They've also been doing this since they were younger, right? So they made, um, they made conscience, conscious choices, right? To be in this, but like Sirsha. You got it. You got it. You got it. You got it all the time. I'm just, you know. You've got it every time. A little nervous. Anyway, (laughs) she's she's done a variety of things because she's done Hannah, which I love, Mm -hmm. um, which was a totally different part. With Kate Blanchett. uh, Yeah, with Kate Blanchett. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, She's done Brooklyn. Yes. Which was like an Irish immigrant tale. I like that. Yeah, that was was a good film. Um, Because she is Irish. She is Irish. So, which made sense that she would, you know, do something like that. Um, and she's done a fair amount of other pieces. Lost River, she's in Grand Budapest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I she saw was, that. She was in The Host. Oh, yeah. So that, that's my point. Yeah, they're they're making they're making conscious choices the lovely to, bone. to make deep, intense kind of movies because mm-hmm. literally they could have been stuck in – in uh, the Lindsay Lohan kind of films, where you're just doing teen, <laughs> teen angst comedy teen angst things, and but they're choosing not to do that. So there is something to be said about that. They care and, about their talent, right? And they're wanting to be actors and not stars, and and that's that's something that's very special to me. Yeah, that's why I kind of like the kinds of work that these these guys are doing. And um, you know, I, I like I said, I know it's not for everybody, but you know, if you got some time, you want to watch some HBO yeah. movies. Just watch it because it's actually a good film. I don't mean to advertise freeness, but if you got Movie Pass, throw it at this. It works. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it good. works. Perfect. Excuse me, because Tawana is living so, in her Movie Pass moment. Challenge and been to eight movies this month. Wow. wow. I thought I had no free time. Mm, <laughs> mm. I have some mm. after work. You have free apparently. time, but no free money. Yeah. Right. That's the that's the thing. That's why Movie Pass comes in handy. Yeah. So shout out to Movie Pass. Shout, shout out to Movie Pass. A client of our agency, I believe. Somewhat. Mr. Is it? Vaughn. Is it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Hashtag free sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. But anyway, but, like uh, I said, we love you, Movie Pass. Yes, we hope yes. you're listening. It's right. Exactly. But it's like I said, it's one of those it's one of those movies I think you and Laurie Madcalf. Laurie Madcalf has been amazing. And she she's been amazing. She's so good. For so many films. She's Broadway, she's television, she's film, she's done everything. I mean, she's done everything from Roseanne to Scream to mm-hmm. Lady Bird. Um, what was the other one she did? Etern- Internal Affairs. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yeah, she mm-hmm. did. She was in Internal Affairs. And she's going to be back on Roseanne when it comes back again. I don't know if God only knows why. Movie. I don't know, but it, it will be. Well, it's guaranteed paycheck. I mean, oh, yeah, I do sure. it too, but uh, yeah. it's not really. Her but standard. she's she's an amazing actress. She and, is very good. She her performance. <laughs> she has some beautiful moments and some great one liners. It was. It reminds me of um, Allison Jenny and uh, I Tanya. I Tanya. Yeah, she, she had has some really <laughs> great one liners. You know, I like I like a darker character. So I do she, too. Uh, <laughs> she 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 kind of just in. she brought some beautiful moments for me in that, and I feel bad for right. anybody that had to live through that and I know that a lot of people had fucked up parents because everybody's parents aren't great no they're not but um, you know she did her best so with that being said as Vaughn says check it out yeah. give it a look and um, it's cool good luck with Oscar oh, so yeah. <laughs> we'll move on to uh, the wartime. darkest hour yeah Alex is all ready World War Two. Hour directed by Joe Wright. We we know him from some period pieces. He also did Hannah, mm. right, right, with Sirsa. Um, the soloist Pan, 
uh, Anna Karenina, Atonement. He's been around a lot. Pride and Prejudice. He's done a lot of oh, different right types on. of films. Um, and I mentioned the cinematographer, uh, Bruno Del Bonel. Whoa. All right. Sorry. I, I, I killed that. Are you that. proud of yourself for I, that? I'm, so, I'm popping so collars. Proud. Is that what? Popping collars. Popping is, that co- what, is that all it takes to pop a collar these that's days? That's all it takes. I mean, it's a little wow. 90s, but we still popping collars wow. in this piece. Right. I'll, <laughs> so call, anyway. I'll call Puffy for a celebration. Yeah, please. Um, call him all day. <laughs> so, okay, so we know Bruno from Amelie. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, really? Big Eyes, Dark Shadows. He's done a lot of pieces. Oh, so he likes dark, he likes those kinds of like things. this. So, mm-hmm. and I could see through like um, Amelie and Dark Shadows that a lot of this was his. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he's he's a brilliant um, um, cinematographer. So I'll just quickly do this before, so for Alex Bus and his Bus. Seat. I'm ready to <laughs> burst, bust. or as he would say, burst. Um, <laughs> yes, help, help, help yes. the fans out. So, um, Just ready to this film is <laughs> primarily about during the early days of World <laughs> War II, the fate of Western Europe hangs on the nearly appointed British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, who must decide whether to negotiate with Adolf Hitler or fight on against incredible odds. Uh, starring some heavy hitters, Gary Oldman, Lily James, and Kristen Stott Thomas. Mm-hmm. Alex, you want to lead us into this one? <clears throat> uh, yes. So I really liked seeing this film from a number of angles. Um, one of the first things that was really important to me was I wanted to see how much they got into kind of maligning Churchill for how like hated he was. Yeah. And that he really was the reluctant, like he was just sort of politically expedient. Mm-hmm. Um but he had a very checkered and sketchy past, like leading yes. up to him actually ascending to the prime ministership. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular for New Zealanders, it's important. I, to me, it was really important that he got called out for the shit that he fucked up and the things that he got wrong, right? And I love that they really made a point of really calling him out for not just, um, not just the Gallipoli campaign, which mm-hmm. he architected, um, and... I thought Gary Oldman did an amazing job of this. Fantastic, by the way. just he's an, he's an amazing actor. job. I really didn't know he's that he brilliant. had these kinds of yes, he's, he's kind of character I've ownerships. I've seen him play a black guy. Yeah, he's what? An and make it believable. Yes, he's an yeah, yeah, he was in um, some Tropic Thunder shit. No, 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 no. He, no a, really, <laughs> a real movie. <laughs> a real movie. He was in a Quentin Tarantino's. It was like a Romeo and Juliet. What, what is that? He played a black guy. Yeah, he played a like a, a Jamaican black guy. Wow. Um, it was a Quentin Tarantino film. Two seconds. It's not Reservoir Dogs. Like a long time, like an old one. Yeah, a really old one, and it. But that's called the vampire one, is it? Actor. No, it's no. not the vampire one. It's the one where it's a couple. He was good and Count they were Dracula. on the road. Very reminiscent yeah. of Badlands. Oh, really? It's called. He didn't. Well, he didn't direct it. He was. He was the writer on it. Was that Romeo and Juliet? It was. Um, Time's up. Well, we'll come back to we'll it. Come we'll come back, back to it. We'll talk. come back to it. All right, but go ahead. The I'm point sorry, go. is, Alex, go ahead. So, so um, I thought he did such a good job of showing how somewhat conflicted he was about his past. I mean, people keep really ramming it home to him. Like, how can he be the prime minister? He drinks. He swears. He's difficult to work with. He's got this checkered history when he was um, 
um, oh man, I can't remember what his exact title was. It was sort of first Lord of the Admiralty, right? Right. So he was in charge of the, the Navy, essentially. And it was his planning of the Gallipoli campaign, which led to the deaths of untold scores of Australian and New Zealand troops, many more Brits, a few French. Um, but there was the famous, the famous New Zealand Maori battalion was there. For New Zealanders, Gallipoli strikes a real chord. We have, um, celeb- we have remembrance days every year for it. Um, infamous cases of colonial troops managing to actually ob- achieve their objectives get to the tops of these horrific cliffs that they were meant to climb under machine gun fire, actually getting to the where they were meant to get, mm-hmm. and their British commanders not believing that colonial troops could do such a thing, and oh. then shelling those positions as thinking they were Turks. So my forefathers got killed by their British right. forebearers. Do you know of what course. I mean? I mean, it was mm-hmm. just this whole, it was just a disgust, there was a distaste for colonial people and colonial troops right Right. so and he was the architect behind that so i really appreciated that they called gallipoli a disaster that they called churchill out that his legacy is that he had these disasters but that an imperfect man who was challenged in his time for his mistakes not to mention his um the way that he uh, he was he he was in charge of governing india for a time Mm -hmm. um he did some horrific, he's basically re- essentially responsible for an in Indian historians um, charge him with a, an almost genocide of certain peoples within India because wow. of, because of a, a, a mismanagement of food or they deliberately took food uh, from an over-farmed land in India, took that food away from Indian people to the point where they wanted to make sure that the UK never went without of, of a crop. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. And so they essentially starved huge portions of the subcontinent in order to make sure that England never went without, but the Indian wow. people themselves were starved to death in order to feed the, the well, cattle. Of course. I mean, there's some real. I mean, uh, yeah. if you really think about it. <laughs> Where do you think it's Americans really, got really, it from? I yeah, mean, yeah. we're 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 the colony, mm-hmm. all right. So you really think about it, it, it makes total sense to me. And now, what what was interesting to me about the film is, and you're right, I like the fact that they man, showed yeah. his Im- imperfections yeah. and his flaws as a man. But he stood up and he made decisions that needed to be made. And when they were willing mm-hmm. to back down and and try to negotiate with Hitler. You know, he he had the fortitude to say, "We can't just back out of this. We can't right. we can't not stand up to this lunatic." And, and you know, that's what the appreciation. Was, what was that line he said? You you can't you can't barter with a with a wolf. You can't barter with what a, a wolf, tiger with a tiger, tiger mm-hmm. when your head is in his when your mouth. Head is in his mouth. Yeah, he referred wow. to him as a tiger. That was amazing. And and, yeah. and, and there were so many powerful moments. And, and 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 I get that. And he was the. And you know what? In reality, he's very Trump esque. It, totally. In how that's also why this film is being nominated now. <laughs> because we're in a time of everything that relates to the Trump administration being put on blast and, and being out there for people to see. But I think that um he, he was smart in the fact that he knew that they had to do this 
in order to make this happen. And they couldn't depend on anybody else to help them. And he felt like, you know, the Italians weren't going to support him and all this and that they were really pawns of Hitler. They totally were pawns. And, and the fact that Mussolini and the fact that he couldn't depend on America because Roosevelt, because it was Roosevelt, was just like, well, I, you know, we got these treaties and we got all these things in place. We can't really do much for you. Peace out. Good luck. How, you know? how amazing was that phone call scene? It was so, I love, I love this Wasn't movie. Wasn't it so fantastic? This movie had so many, there were so many beautiful cinematic elements in this movie. When he's, they really make him feel like he's all alone. He's by himself. He's by really. himself. Absolutely. In a, in, a, in, a, in a box. In a box. In he a was box. literally in a box. And this, this film did several box moments. Yeah. And, I, and it was just so, so wonderful. There was so much texture. And I grew up, I'm, an, so I'm, a, I'm the nerd guy. I grew up watching a lot of uh, public television and Masterpiece Theater, a lot of British shows growing up. And it just reminded me of all that. And there was so much, so much about British society and British culture in the film. Yeah. And, and, and so it, it seemed very genuine. It was, it, it just felt so good to me. But I love how they literally put him in these boxes from the moment he was in the, just in that room trying to have that conversation. Right. And then when he would be in the elevator and he was all frustrated they, and they would zoom in and they would zoom out and then there would be the, the actor, the, uh, the soldier who was in that hole, you know, right. with the soldiers and yeah. all that other stuff yeah. before it got bombed. And they, they went from That was him. heartbreaking. That was it was, heartbreaking. Yeah, it was just, there was just oh, so man. many moments and they literally panned out. Yeah. And they, it was like, wow. And, you know, yeah. you, you saw the scope of what scope, was happening. The scope mm-hmm. was massive. You and, know. And like you were saying, the cinematography from uh, from Bruno was amazing. My favorite, one of my absolute favorite scenes, well, first of all, art direction was absolutely amazing mm-hmm. because it was epic and you felt like you were there. Yeah, you did. I've never been to London. Every room. But I felt like I was there. Every room, every um, time. They, even they the palace. Yeah, the, the, when the he train. was talking with the king. It was yeah. just like, I love is that. this where, I love this is what happens when they I've, go I've been, with the like, um, not, I, see, I don't know if they filmed in Buckingham Palace, right. but there's, uh, I'm sure they have some Win- sort of models not, God, for not Buckingham. Win- no, not Winchester. There's, there's, a, there's another, oh my God, I'm disappointing myself. There's another castle that you can go. Really and, just yourself, Alec? Uh, that, <laughs> they, they, there's another castle that you can go and tour. Yeah. And. The, you know, there's a very guided kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and <laughs> if it wasn't filmed there, um, it's I mean, it it's amazing how those are what those rooms look like of the castles yeah, in London right. that yeah, I've I gone to. I mean, they could have built models like they do yeah. in America. Oh, for sure. Models to scale. But the tapestries scale. and but the it was, artwork. And, 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 oh. I mean, the it, art it direction was amazing. Realistic. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they're nominated, but I really hope. And all um, that set costume, design. makeup. Yeah. And art direction needs Absolutely. to get Oscars for this, if not nominations. And one of my I'll, favorite I'll scenes, sure. y'all, one of my favorite scenes in the film was when he was talking to the king when the king came to his house. I know. That <laughs> dusty was, side that room. Was He's the hide. best. And how they just sat on the on the bed and they had mm-hmm. a conversation. Yeah. You know, and it, it was just such a yeah, they took human a moment. moment. It was very human. You know, he yeah. didn't even have on shoes. Yeah. There were a lot of scenes He's wearing where his nightdress. If you notice, oh, there were so many. Great well, he had on. A, he put on his little suit. <laughs> but the whole thing was, there were so many moments where Winchester was walking around barefoot. You notice that? Yeah. There were a lot of those moments. In the film. There was a nude scene, even though they didn't show his butt. He, he rushed was, out of. He the, rushed out of the shower. But he let her know. And Lily, I'm yeah. in a state of nature. 
he in a state of nature, and right. then she's yeah. like, and then she's like, ah, she it's runs down, and then he. I mean, oh, there was just so many. Miss. There were so many, so many moments like that, and I love uh, Christian. What's the name? Kristen Scott Thomas. It's Kristen Scott Thomas. Is his wife. Mm. She she made him lovable. Yes, she, she did, right? because she, I kept saying she why brought would humanity she love him? to it. She brought humanity to well, it. Well, she told their story yeah. too. And then when she was talking to the kids, yeah. good about the Central. sacrifice. She's a good like pillar. She of was a good who pillar. He was. She was yeah. also a good reliever of yeah. stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It felt like she. And she kind of told the story because if if you think about she it, told his story when she story. when she talked when they were congratulating when the family yeah. was congratulating him that yeah. scene where she talked about being number two and how the kids had to adjust to that was powerful right. that, that was, powerful. was a very, was very strong so po- scene for just for just po- people in political office period right. Right. how they knew they were always always be number two right and she admitted to it it was she like, admitted to it we, we are number two we know it yeah, but it's moments like these where we feel that it's all worth it. But there was pain in her yeah. face as yeah. she's and the it. children. If you you saw the kids, yeah, the it kids is, had it's like an extra gulp of yeah, the and the, and the yeah. son gulped the champagne. Yeah. yeah, and then when the girls were like the girls were like, mm. and then the one girl that was by his feet, yeah, you know she's daddy's girl, so she was always whatever daddy did was cool with her. Right, but it was it was so interesting to watch that that play. It was a small scene, mm-hmm. but it was important. You know mm. what I mean? And I think that. Churchill, from the way they portrayed him, Mm -hmm. he had to probably be conflicted by all of that. I'm sure he was. When you have all the weight of the world on your shoulders. Well, there's that scene in the underground. Right. Right? They call it the underground. Yeah, the the subway. Um, Yeah, yeah, our subway up here. But, um, yeah, where he has this talk with the people, and the people explain to him, like, we mustn't quit. We yeah. we should fight. We should never resolve. We now you should never, now you uh, had some some compromise. conflict about that scene earlier. We were, I, we're talking well, he, about was, he was only, he was he was Alex asking him what do you think? He, he was, was going he's like, if you right. if the Germans came, right. what would you do? What would you yeah. do? And they gave him their opinion, and it riled him up. My only, I had two contradictions, contradictory issues with the scenes. Okay, one. I didn't know where the tears came from. And while we discussed it and how he had the weight of the world on his shoulders, there wasn't a build-up to tears. It was just, boom, I'm crying. And I just didn't understand. There was no welling of tears. He immediately began to cry. There wasn't like he was moved by what they were saying. He seemed like he was moved by what they were saying, but he wasn't emotional about it. Well, I think for for me and why, and I literally just saw it, yeah. Two hours before getting yeah, here, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I literally just saw it, everybody. But the whole thing was, I feel like that's the moment when the impact of okay. everything that of was going people. on. Oh, okay. Because remember, he had well, all the sense. conflict within the parliament and everybody yes. hating him and everybody hated for him. making the choices he was making. And then the people said they and loved him. And then he needed to hear from the people yeah. because he was almost like the only person championing that view well also think about what alex was saying people hated him right of a sense and he knew and well, he the, knew well, his his people hated right and him. he knew of his legacy he, he knew of these, his legacy these, was these, horrible. these previous mistakes have already happened right so this was his one chance and to i redeem, felt like I guess. that moment yes in the film was that moment where he had a realization where i'm actually doing something that the people right believe in yes. not what right. the government is saying and not right. what the ruling body is saying, right, right, but right. actually what the people are saying. And how many times do we get to hear the people's voice? 
Never. You know what I mean? In his position, in the things that he's done, and the and the positions of power that he was placed in, never. He, he almost never got to actually represent the people yeah. and care about person persons nothing. individual people. But he knew nothing of individual people. No. Either he was privileged. He knew, he dr- he was driven everywhere. Mm-hmm. Never. This was a one in a lifetime chance for him to get to Parliament in enough time to make his speech. And and this is what makes him somewhat. This is what I almost feel like this film was kind of made in a sense to show like a, a Trumpian personality. Yes. Yeah. Who ultimately actually knows what they're doing. Yes. And ultimately uses uses their position for good. Yeah. This will never happen smart. in America. He was smart. Because yeah. he was really smart. But <laughs> he, he was, was smart. He was because really smart. He, he predicted he was from the very beginning, he was always outspoken against fascism. Always. His entire career was about anti-fascism. Right. There's a difference between like a monarchist, mm-hmm. like hierarchical mm-hmm. uh, society, mm-hmm. and then having a maniacal dictator who wants to destroy your peoples. Because he came up in a in an empire mm-hmm. where you where you had people of all races, creeds, and colors. Now he himself prioritized different people above one another. Mm-hmm. Sorry, let me add this. So it's not like he's this sort of completely racially equal individual. Right. Um, however, there's a big difference between him, uh, let's say, prioritizing different races above others and then actively trying to exterminate or unfairly governing from one right. to the other, right? So so his worldview was all people must be given a fair shake yes. in order for them to realize their destiny, ideally in the benefit of the British Empire. Right. right. And so he was saying for years do not deal with hitler he is a fascist right we know what fascists do we know what fascists are they are not reasonable they will not be listened you cannot listen to them they will not listen to you all they know is power and all they respond to is power yes and if we keep sort of applying this all we want is peace then we are weak and the thing where I felt like it was Trumpian was even if we're losing, we're winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was yeah. that moment and there was, um, I'm losing it right now. But the, well, the idea is, yeah. yeah. Well, it reminds, well, the, it just felt very North Korea to me. Like the right. whole, the whole conflict between us and North Korea right now. It, yeah. it, it spoke Except to that. Except for Trump is never going to take a ride on the subway and ask anybody of color. Well, he doesn't really opinion. care about any of that. That but. was another point that I, I had mm-hmm. with the scene was there was a random just token black guy there. So, he was Jamaican. Seem, seem even, mm-hmm. But he had no accent. He had. He did have an accent. He had a British accent. But he, that he was Jamaican in, how, in how that's do you know what that? they all have because that's what they would have been. But it could have been African. But they would have been. It could have been. He could have been, been Kenyan. He could have been Kenyan. But during that time. No, it could have been, been African as or well. South African. Africans were coming over into, he didn't have to just be Jamaican. There were. There were people of color coming from all sorts of countries. Jamaica mm-hmm. was at least one of but them. But the UK had abolished but slavery for 200 years by that point. They had abolished slavery, but I don't believe that in World War II time, he would have been openly dating this well, white we girl. Didn't, we, you it, didn't, we didn't know they were dating. We, we they obviously were just saw together. that they were together. But that didn't um, mean they were dating. They it were just together. Seemed, he just seemed out of sorts. Um, and I'm not the only person that thought that, because mm. I've talked to other people that said it too. Alex thought, eh, maybe... 
But um, other people I, I know, wasn't sure if it was Hollywood trying to be like, right, hey, and he's not racist. And it's right. like, well, fuck yeah, he's racist. He was trying to be. Well, that's well, what he's I racist. Too. Was, it was Hollywood to, just trying to put. He doesn't dislike black people, right. into the mix. but he's like, white people are more important than black people. Right. That is his viewpoint. That's his viewpoint, right. and that's and it's probably not, how he was raised. Yes. I mean, he was raised with the nobility and all that. Exactly. And but again, it's classes. not like a, it's not a Southern American racism. No, it's not no, racist. It's a, it's American that, racism. It's, it's British it's, thing. It's, it's classes. A, it's a classist thing more yes, than more than course. like a, you're not worth anything. It's definitely it's about class. It yeah. just felt like hmm, okay. But but that that one he, character would he have been that cool about it? That would one character. No, you know what? In that moment, I actually think it would have worked, and because of because of where he was. In the time he was at his lowest point, absolute lowest. He yeah. was at his lowest point. He was at his lowest point. I and loved how fucking Gary Oldman showed that shit. Yeah, he, he was did. at his lowest that point. Was Gary emotional. Oldman is is one of those actors, and I mean, he can do all kinds of movies. True Romance. I'm sorry to yeah. interrupt. That Boom. was the film. True there Romance. He yeah, had okay. dreads. He was playing like uh, a mixed race person of some sort. Um, and he was like some sort of Caribbean. So he's got dreads, and he's some like Caribbean half caste guy. Yeah. And you said he nailed it. He, yeah, he nailed did. it. <laughs> he incredible. totally nailed it. I mean, and amazing. I wasn't upset about it at all. He was That's fucking amazing. fantastic. I was just like, wait, is that Gary Oldman? He was fantastic as Dracula. I was okay, just like, wait a minute, that's act. white guy, right? Yeah. I was like, wow. he's killing it right this now. This man can act. He's, he and just he has just the ability. Like, he was a drug dealer, and he was just like, oh, he was a pimp. A, a pimp, a drug dealing pimp. He was her drug dealing pimp. And he had this whole thing. He was like cocking a shotgun with one hand and he was talking all this jazz. And I was just like, wait a minute. That's Gary Oldman. But that, that's that's the kind of work he does. He's yeah, also he's, he's an actor. He's not trying to be a star. Yeah, right. He's an actor. Yeah. And he so works those parts. You're going to get, you're going to get those kind of performances. No matter, no matter what number on the billing he is, he just, Fucking delivers his yeah. part. Right. He delivers right. his part, man. Yeah. It's, it's always just, so well done. And that's that's the beauty of, of roles like this. And I feel like, you know, as we as we're going through these award seasons, I, he's mm. going to get best actor this year. He'll get that. I mean, he's I mean, he's been in so many, and he plays like all sorts of different parts. His like, only contention is Daniel Day Lewis, who's retiring, and and you know they're going to they're going to want to throw is, it up for him and Phantom that, Thread. Yeah, but, maybe. Because have, he's have, he, have any of you guys seen Phantom Thread? I have not seen it. That's the only Oscar film we've Maybe seen. we need to try to get that one in. We won't mm. make it. We're okay. not gonna make When's it. When's the Oscars? This weekend? The fourth. It's the fourth Next weekend. Weekend. By the time we post, this is the this is the final film. But right. what I say so, what okay, I say okay, to okay, all the okay, film okay. fans out there, go check out some of these films and you yeah. know, if you wanna see some other things, if you have some some points and you want us to know about right. it, you know, make your recommendations on what you liked and what you didn't like. Absolutely. I just wanna like Talk a little bit about the cinematography yeah, a little absolutely. bit. Absolutely, it's right about um, the artistry here. Because the beautiful. artistry was amazing in this. One of my favorite scenes in the film was the I'm going to call it the red radio scene. Yes, which wasn't was it beautiful? But mind blowing. It was beautiful because he was not ready to make that speech. No. And the I guess engineer kept saying, you know, Prime Minister, you know, when the clock strikes. He loses his shit. The it's red like light's a... gonna come on, and you're going to, and the whole room went red. But did no, you I, see... I wasn't expecting that. I but wasn't wait, expecting the whole room that. And his wait, face. Just... But did you see what else happened in the red? What else? 
Think about now. Literally, I just saw it. No, no, no. So literally, the room went red. Yes. But they panned over after that conversation ended. They panned over to a dead soldier. They went from the textures <gasps> in the wall oh, yeah, and they they to the dead eye. soldier's eye, yeah, yeah, which yeah. was red. Yeah. They, so they took that scene. They went yeah. from that room from hit, and it was from him from behind. Yes. First, it was face on, really close, tight shot. Then it was from behind, and then they panned. Well, wait, before they panned, they went to her. Yeah, they went to her. Who was yeah. sitting there in the red. Lily James. So the whole thing was, they literally took us from that moment for him to yeah. a dead soldier on the ground, and they panned it from the wall texture to the soldier. So it looked like it was moving oh, yeah. from the ground to the body of the soldier. Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. I mean, they did so many things. I mean, the silhouettes were amazing. Um which which is one of my favorite things to do with the camera is silhouettes, but also um, the walking in and out of light. I don't mm. think people understand that unless they really understand lighting. But when someone walks in and out of light constantly, it just fractures them mm. so much, and it mm-hmm. illuminates them at certain at certain periods in the in the dialogue, and breaks up the whole dark element i mean there was a lot of that there was a light of lighting in the element so you guys spoke about how excuse me about how the dusty room you wouldn't have been able to see it was dusty unless the light was hitting right behind all of that Mm. there was a lot of rainy scenes because it's uk of course Mm -hmm. um they lit behind that there was smoke they lit behind they i mean there was a lot of of brilliant lighting going on in it i mean the color how about the first scene where his typist is being yeah. prepped? Yeah. He gives the guy gives her all the wrong information. Yeah. Just amazing. Yeah. She goes in, the room's pitch black. Yeah. And the f- and the and it's quiet. Yeah. He lights his yeah. lights the match, lights his cigar. Yeah. And then it starts. Yeah. And you are watching the film from yeah. that moment. The second he lights yeah. his cigar and he starts barking orders it yeah. orders it to her, the beat and the tempo and yeah. the lighting in that scene was just The lighting amazing. in that scene and the is music amazing. Synced mm-hmm. And it was just And I, yeah. I, a part of me wants to say it was all natural lighting too. I mean, I didn't recognize any sort of supplemental lighting. I think a great deal of like, um, I mean, they could have been supplementing it outside of the window, but yeah. a great deal of the, of the lighting, the natural lighting was amazing. It just, it just felt like you were in old castles, old townhouses, old uh, bunkers in in the UK. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it just, the, it's like we were just discussing the color. Um, I don't know. It's just a lot of it. Everything about it, the costume design, everything about the, the costume the design film was great. goes without saying. Sound, it, sound design too. Yeah, the sound, sound design, design was amazing too because it, it all worked together to sort of put you in this environment. You were totally immersed in it. I'm, now, since we saw, because we all saw Dunkirk. Yes. Now in these movies, same subject. Yes. I feel like, and I was talking to. Um, the CEO of this company this week, and he was comparing this film to Dunkirk. As was I. And um, it, what what amazes me, and I would like to see them in a parallel. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you got the war and how Christopher Nolan depicted the war yes. and what was happening with the soldiers. Mm-hmm. Wow, we saw in this film 
all the background. You know what I mean? And I think it was interesting. I wish I could have actually seen them together because it's one thing where you had all these men sitting in a room talking about the plight of war and... We're good. You okay, Alex? The plight of war. <laughs> Sorry. The My plight went of to war battle with the dick. And, and, and what's happening with these soldiers with men just sitting in a room. Right. You know what I mean? And I think it was it's very interesting to see, you know, I really could have watched them together. Well, you know what? Okay, so initially when I left uh, Darkest Hour, I wasn't, I was, okay, I was over the moon about about the craftsmanship of the film. And I was just like, oh, this is another just like boring like lesson. Why do you think history lessons are boring? Um, love. I know. You, I don't you, know. You, I'm you not, have you a thing about history. I have a thing about history. You weren't hot his, on this film. And history wasn't. I'm upset, so his, I want to know why. History. Ron and I, I loved his, it. You know what? One, I do really like history, but I don't know for some reason. Is history not of, of people of non-color? I don't know. Oh my god! <laughs> but it's it's I'm all of trying, our history. I'm not trying to make it so politically based. I'm just saying. It didn't appeal to me um, um, unless it was craftily done, and it was done well. But because I, I guess I feel like there are parts that made me want for more. I didn't feel that way in Dunkirk, not because because Dunkirk is the same subject subject matter, right? Yeah, so almost exactly. Yeah. The the Literally, thing is, you, you, I was less. You would watch this film, yeah, and then you would immediately watch Dunkirk, right? So afterwards. the thing is, is. I think I related more with the average soldier and the average people who are in the boats, the everyday right, people right. coming in to help and just fighting this fight, you know, against fascism. The ones who actually did the then fighting. Who actually did the fighting. Then the privileged folks who sat in office and were sort of mulling through all this. And yes, I get that they had problems and yes, I get that they were under pressure. But to me, I can relate to him as opposed to relating to them. So thus, I related to the cinematography and the craftsmanship of it more so than the whole action. And But also, Dunkirk was also amazingly done. Mm -hmm. I mean, we spoke about this before. We had yeah. so many layers, air, sea, and land. Uh, the shots were amazing. The color was amazing. The, the storytelling was amazing. And here's the thing. There were no blacks in Dunkirk. And I've read articles where people complain. Oh, there were Algerians on the beach. Algerians are African. Yeah, you saw one or two I didn't care. It wasn't about color. Right. The color mattered to me in Darkest Hour. It didn't matter, but I mean, I was, I noticed it. I didn't notice it at all in Dunkirk. Also, I wasn't looking for anyone of color. I knew what I was looking at. This was a British. This was a British and French. It was British, French, and who else? Um, who else was on the beach, Alex? Um, the British, Brit French. I mean, that's the things. The Algerians were part of the French forces. Right. Okay, so that's that's. They could have been. That's things that they they. they but I think there, there were some colonial soldiers, right. that, but it was. Mostly. It was unnecessary in terms of telling Dunkirk's tale. Just one second. I've muted your microphone so you can chew those chips, right? <laughs> well, Sorry, now that yeah. you've told us, yeah. unmute it. <laughs> <laughs> no, gonna, I've muted his mic, so anyway. Um, but, but yeah, so with that being said, I don't know. I did walk out disappointed, but as I'm speaking with you guys. Um, 
I, as I'm speaking with you guys, I, I told you why I walked out disappointed because I, I just couldn't relate to the character. Much about watching film is relating. Either you're going uh, yeah. to relate to the character uh-huh. and, and, and their plights because uh, much about film is psychology, right? So you get engaged and you you develop a partnership or a relationship with the character and you want them to survive or you want them to fail or whatever. I didn't care. But in Dunkirk, I wanted every single soldier to make it out. And I rooted for every single scene. You right. know what I mean? I had no investment with Churchill. And yes, I know his history, but yet the more privilege I saw of him, the less I well, see, I care. I, I, I want to rebut. Me, me and Vaughn can rebut. I have, I have, sure. a, I have a point here. You go first, Vaughn. See, now the difference between the way you watch a movie and the way I watch a movie is different. Mm-hmm. I don't have to relate to every character, every movie, everything. I'm, I'm watching the movie from the experience of the movie. Yes. So it, you, you're telling me a story. But I do that as well. But And from the no, perspective the way, of the finish, protagonist. Let me finish. Yeah. For, for me, I'm watching the movie. Yes. So you tell me the story. And it doesn't necessarily have to reflect in my life or my it personal experience no, or anything like that. But I'm watching the story. And because I know there was a historical context to this story, I thought it was interesting to see, especially after we had seen Dunkirk. Yeah. So I want... In watching the story, and then you get absorbed. Then for me, for me, I get absorbed in you know how they're telling the story. You know, camera angles, absolutely, movement, color. That's what kept me investing because I'm all about the actor's experience from that. Because then I flip straight into the actor's experience now, and and what I like about this is because you know you know, and I'm not one of the I don't. I know the soldiers will do, they do what they do and they had to die to make all these things happen. But at the end of the day, the power in all of these war situations are those men sitting in that room. They are the ones making all the decisions the same way we have these gov- these uh, generals and, and, and decision makers in our government and other governments around the world. They're the ones making the decisions that cause other people to die. You know what I'm saying? And that's where the power play is. So it's always interesting to me to see how these people, men or women, decide how this battle is going to play out. And, yes, you have all these people on the front line that's going to die, but they're expendable. And I want people to understand, it, when you're in the military, you are expendable. So they And they don't see you as anything else, as a collateral damage. You're going to die in order to make these things happen to save us or to keep us from being in a different situation. So that's what war looks like to me. So when I watch a movie like this, I'm interested in how these people think that move these other people into bad situations. And it's not cute. Totally. It's not cute, but it's war. You know what I'm saying? So somebody's going to die and somebody's going to live. And and in order for people, for in order for us to live the way we live in today, mm-hmm. it takes people out there dying for us in order and, for and us to sit ta- up in and here it- and do what we do. And the way that the, the only way this is the thing is like while you're right mm-hmm. that you can't relate with the people who are in those power positions and you right. may feel like it's unfair that they're in those positions because right. why should someone why should someone decide that another human being is more expendable than another? Right. The reality is that's the fucking reality. It that's, is the reality. That's what happens. If Churchill here's the thing, if Churchill did not send that four thousand man garrison from Calais. To attack that to to attack the Germans in order in order to draw their fire, right? 
there's an argument that could be made that that absolutely did nothing and those men died completely needlessly and the french troops who were defending the dunkirk uh, deportation zone right yeah um would have been all the same however you can't deny the fact that those 4,000 men, whether they were fully equipped or not, attacking the Germans, pulling those bombers away, pulling those yeah. infantry away, pulling yeah. the because the Germans didn't know exactly the size of that force. Right. That had an impact on this whole idea of the greater good. Right. So while it's fucking awful and you feel fucking terrible for those people, what I loved, and again, to Vaughn's point on this, was... There, there has, there always has to be people that make the hard decisions. Absolutely. I don't well, the same thing comes up again in Rikanda. I don't disagree. We're going to talk about it again. I don't disagree. But My the people that make the hard decisions, and I love the fact that we got inside the decision-making space. You mm-hmm. saw the conflict between the decision-makers, mm-hmm. that they were not all aligned, that they did have serious debate between themselves about do we expend lives, do we save lives, I appreciated being inside the room. Yeah. Very rarely are we ever inside the room. And the fact that there was rigorous debate. Right. It wasn't just a oorah, everyone dies, fucking rah rah, you know what I mean? It wasn't. There was was a conflict. You felt there was was a a weight on everybody's shoulder. And there was a huge weight on Churchill's shoulders. For sure. The fact that he had, he was trying to de shackle his past of these disasters. These right. disasters, and he did not want his final disaster to be the destruction of everything that he had spent his life protecting. Right. Right. And you know, I think they they tried that was to the way. they tried yeah, to I understand. they tried to humanize it with with the young lady that was the the typist Lily James. You know, they tried mm-hmm. to humanize it with her and her own struggle because her own brother featured in the upcoming film Mamma Mia too, by the way. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'll pass. I, I, um, said, I said the first her one. Own, her <laughs> own brother died. Was a date. Yeah. But I don't like ABBA, so I wouldn't watch yeah, anything yeah. with that. Yeah, but, I don't um, watch anything if a girl uh, mm-hmm. will bite me. Mm-hmm. So, um, thanks, Swana. <laughs> um, with her character, you know, she lost her own brother. Yeah. Yes. In the, in the war. And, and you felt the, 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 the impact of that personal pain, the personal sacrifice in her, even though she didn't communicate it in that way, the character wasn't allowed yeah. to communicate in that way. She had a few moments in, in the fact that he was wanting to show her well, what's happening. Because so many people, I'm sure, like we sit around the day, we yeah. don't really know what's happening in these, in these powerful decision rooms. I loved like how he said. brought that up, by the way. Because he looks at her and she always has that photo on her desk. Right. And he's he's quite close to her, you know? Yeah. And he goes, my dear, is, is that your bow? Right. You right. know? And I love that they use that language too. But is that your bow? And right. And he's, no, 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 Mr. Church, that's my brother. Right. You know, and, and then he reveals all this And then she reveals right. that he was killed in in Belgium right. trying to... And, and it became instantly extremely real for but Churchill. But the scene in which he reveals, which is... Similar scene, I think. Mm-hmm. Where he start, where he brings her in all to the in all in the that rooms room. that she is, is not uh, allowed to be in. She is not allowed in. That part was very interesting because that was before she revealed. Yeah, that was before she revealed. Because actually. you wonder, like, why is she getting so emotional about this? Right, right, and right. And you right. realize that it's deftly personal for her, right? Because her brother is one of the expendables right. on the field. Right. But it, it's what's interesting about it is you're taken into the inner circle. Yes, we're watching a film, and they explained to us what the rooms were. 
Mm. But we weren't in them. And then when he takes her on that personal tour, right. you feel like her. And you you're do. like, okay, I see now right. what is see happening side. and what's mm -hmm. it for us. My issue was that's when I opened up mm. a little bit more right. for the in terms of the content, not right. just for the artistry, because now I felt like you were talking to me on my own personal level. Mm -hmm. Before then, I felt withdrawn from it. But I mean, that happens because think about it. Black Hawk Down, I could give a fuck about. Similar situation. Love that movie. Yeah, so you love that movie. I could give a fuck about it. But mm. you see what I'm saying? It's just like, I I don't know why I relate Lest to Dunkirk. Unless we forget, Tawana, fuck you. I love Tawana. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm fucking not even from this country. <laughs> and then I get emotional as fuck about but that shit. But see what I'm saying? Nor am I from London but or, yeah. or, or, or Europe or, you know, any of those continents over there. But anyway. I don't know why I felt so connected to Dunkirk, but I think as filmmakers, you put a film out hoping that mind, regardless of all the magic we put into it, right? Because it's a psychological mind fuck is mm -hmm. really what film is, right? Mm -hmm. They teach us to be junior psychologists in a sense, to fucking trick people into thinking things that aren't really there and seeing things that didn't really happen, right? right? So beyond the craft, because... I am the craft, right? I am part of the major part of what the craft is, right? Um, beyond that, it's nice to go into a film and for me to just be able to eliminate, like suspend my belief system, mm -hmm. my, my ability to see beyond the curtain and become invested in the characters I see mm -hmm. on screen. Mm -hmm. Because I know all the tricks of the trade and I know what they're doing inside and out. But for me to be so immersed in a character or a story and can forget all that and just go along for the ride, that's fine and that's what Dunkirk did for me. But for some reason, the post and darkest hour took me out of that. I just couldn't relate for whatever reason. But Darkest Hour, there were moments where I did relate mm -hmm. and I went in and out. And there the moments that I was outside of the film, I did absorb all of the crap. I'm upset that you're putting Darkest Hour on the same plane as The Post. I'm not putting it in the same plane as The Post as like two white political thrillers. It was so Drum. it was so much more No, I think there was so much more in depth. Darkest Thank Hour you. and depth. Yeah. I'm just saying in terms of what um, in terms of of what I guess they they were the two films out of all of the Oscar films I should say besides Lady Bird that mm. I kind of fell out of. Mm. Interesting, okay. because in, right, no, so we'll leave it there. We we got to so move let's on. let's let's move on we to Wakanda. Uh, <laughs> but before we we talk, let's wrap up. Love Darkest this Hour. fucking movie. <laughs> Love this movie. I enjoy Darkest Hour. It's one of those things. It's, it's good to watch. I like the historical perspective. I loved. One, I like anything British. I like British stuff. So anyway, fine. But yes. Gary Oldman is the motherfucker. That motherfucker can He's act motherfucker. his ass off. <laughs> so I salute him and anything he does. Yes. He'll probably get Best Actor this year. And and I, I feel like it's just it's just coming his way. Yes. Very it's coming very cool his way. film. Been his way. You know, it's very cool film. You know, just check it out. You know, if and you want to know more about, you know, the conflict with Dunkirk and all of that, do some research. Read read people, yeah. read. You know, yeah, and for sure. the internet's there to give you some extra information, but just read some information. Absolutely. But I think that we live in a time where these kind of decisions where you have, you know, people Putting everybody's life in jeopardy, right? 
You yeah. know, that's that's paramount. Yeah. And I think that's why this film is, is successful right now. Right. And I think there, there'll be more during these next four years. There are going to be more well, I guess films so. like this. They'll be between propaganda and uh, right. historical value. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Absolutely. I think with all being said, I didn't completely dislike Darkest Hour. There were just moments that I just couldn't relate to or I guess um, I removed myself from. It just it took me out of it. Regardless of that, it is artfully done. Yes. And just a wonder to view. Um, the acting is stunning. Uh, the artwork is stunning. The The amount of effort it took to make this film is phenomenal. And that alone should get them an Oscar in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. And I think that this... This this Oscar season poses a good time for you to have a nice little juxtaposition between the two halves of what this what this sort of war situation proposed to this country. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you'll see the war, and you'll see you'll 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 see what led up to it. So um, I think go see it. Why not go see it? Check it out. Really, 100%. really. Really let this be an introduction to the historical value of it for you, and then you can do your own research afterward. Learn some history. Learn some history. Understand the history of political leaders and what leadership is. Absolutely. Because this was about leadership and what leadership is about. Yes. You don't necessarily want your leadership to tell you everything that's happening at every second. In America, we do. Unnecessarily. Yes yes and no. And we're using Twitter to do it. Exactly. So this is what... I loved it. This is what I loved about the film right. was it was an extreme insight into leadership. It was an insight into classism. It was an insight into an older world. Um, yeah, it was yeah. fantastic. I need to check it out. Well, we go from one war to another. The oh, war yeah. for Wakanda. This is the big one. Yes. Black Panther, baby. We all know what it was about. Mother freaking Panther. We all know who it is. Ryan Coogler. And let me just mention really quickly, because we've already spoken about her, um, Rachel Morrison is the DP, and she's nominated. She's the first yes, she female cinematographer to be nominated. Wow. Ever. That's earth-shattering by That itself. is earth-shattering. All these years. The first woman. Remember I said she's an ASC? Right. She, you know, she, um, I'm, I'm sorry, an ACS, American Cinematographer. American, I'm sorry, ASC, American Society of Cinematographers. Mm-hmm. You have to be invited into this. Right. They view your work and, and decide whether it is phenomenal enough in terms of the craft to be right. invited into the society of men. Yeah. mostly white of course so it's of just course. like this has got to be phenomenal for her she's blowing up because she just did what another uh, oscar nominated film mudbound oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and she's a white woman she is a white woman mm-hmm. who is shooting black people in amazing ways she's giving us an image that we've not had and it's great to see actually there are white women on the forefront, I mentioned this before, yeah. of shooting mm-hmm. black work. Because yeah. the other DP, the DP for Issa Rae's Insecure, is also a white woman. Right. So it's like they're definitely taking a step forward. And I think that what what's happening with, with, with movies and, and television shows right now, especially when you have people of color, they're making an effort to do it the right way. They're not yes. just, oh, let's just 
shine some light and throw this camera up. You know, they're really making an effort to spotlight these people and oh, yeah. these actors in a different kind of way to tell the best of the story. And I think yeah. that that's what you're seeing. And I'm, I'm glad she's getting acknowledged and in, in, in the work that she's doing and in the work that she's going to do in the future. Yeah. This is just going to open the door for her. Oh, and she so just many started. Other people involved. I mean, she did dope. She did cake. Right. She did. Uh, oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, she did a number of films. And Great cake films. Cake was synonymous, synonymous for um, its lighting mm -hmm. and for its artistry as uh, seeing a person, um, an addict, go through what they go through, but showing it in a real light. So right. shooting that had to be something incredible. But anyway, I digress. Let's move on. Black Panther, King T'Challa. Right, yes. the king of Wakanda rises to the throne in the isolated, technologically advanced African nation, but his claim is challenged by a vengeful outsider who was a childhood victim of T'Challa's father's mistake. Let's not forget this is a Marvel movie, but with that being said, it is it is historic in a sense that this is the first major budgeted film to have an African-American director uh, and a predominantly African-American cast. Yeah, it's like 99%, 95%. 95%. There was like yeah. two white people in this film. Yeah. And, but the, the, the beauty of <laughs> Maybe it is, three. and I, I just read some numbers this morning where it's already hit the yeah. $500 million dollar mark numbers, on a global, yeah. on a global number. Yeah. And, and the, the crazy Find thing about that... The craziest thing about that is that for years and years and years, mm. black people and black directors were told right. that black stories and, yes. and movies that featured black actors predominantly yeah. were not going to sell globally. And yeah. this is the the one of the films that's breaking that that model all over the place. And that Hollywood is not ready to be prepared for how that's going to impact them. And they've already signed for the next one. They signed for two more. I they've already signed. And so, and you already know that, you know, Black Panther is going to be part of he's, the next. He's part of the next Avengers, Avengers series. Which the, has um, 30 different characters. Infinity Wars. That's the next one. But there will be some more Black Panther films. Oh, so, absolutely. So, I think, and there's a spinoff for Suri, his sister. Yeah, sister. And, and so there's so Suri. many things happening in this film. And I think that what, what was... What was so much fun for me, because I've seen it a few times now. How many times have you seen it? I've seen it twice already. Oh, yeah, I've seen it twice. And, and I think that um, what's so interesting about it is it became a, a cultural phenomenon for black people in this country. Right. And, and what's sad and what's hopeful and what's beautiful about it is the fact that people are going to see it multi-generational. So right. you have kids, you have adults, you have older people all going to see it because we don't get to see black images of people in the state of being Positive in charge of images. things. Like So yeah. it's like all of a sudden now, we're not the drug dealers. We're not the slaves. You know, the slaves. We're not. I'm not, another, I'm not disrespecting. It's not disrespecting. This I'm is just, just another perspective. We're seeing another perspective. And it's this whole this whole um movement to yes. where it's this Afrofuturism where we're seeing these yeah. people who are making all these technological advances where we don't get to see that. And yeah. there have been so many times 
throughout the years where well we've always asked well why can't hollywood tell a different kind of story and even for a marvel film this is a different kind of story because it, it yes. reminded me of lion king it was more about the family than about oh a superhero jumping in some costume and doing some special effects yeah. it, it spoke to me in the in the moment of family right and, and so and how he was with his father, how the mother was with the yeah. daughter, how all the women were the strong forces in his life. The women were badass. You know what I mean? And 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 that's that to me spoke to right. us as a community because yes. we're not a monolithic community, right. but we are a community of blackness. Of blackness. And so in every when, aspect of the diaspora. And so when you see that, and then we actually got to see darker skinned black people. Yeah. As heroes, where in our in in this culture in America, yes. we've been bombarded with, okay, well, they're not white, but they're light enough yeah. that they'll be acceptable by the white folks. And yeah. you know, take it as you want to, folks listening. Yeah. But this is a reality. We actually got to see some darker skinned people as the heroes in this piece, and and that spoke so many volumes to right. me. And I, I I'm so glad that we had this experience. And I think that Chadwick Boseman, I shout out to you because, you know, he's one, you're from South Carolina, and I give you that. Fantastic actor. I give you that. He's been playing a lot of biopics lately. He's been yeah. every historical figure in, Robinson, in black history. James but Brown. I think that it's, it's, <laughs> it's beautiful that you can be in this role. Michael B. Jordan, amazing, amazing. Because he, for Killmonger. me, Killmonger was my, my favorite character because I, I can relate to his wanting some change to happen within the community based on what he but saw. But his change will talk. And we're going to get into that deeper. Yes. But I like... Let's unpack that just yet. Yeah, let's I, I like sure. that, you know, we got to see yes. another view of it. It wasn't just, it wasn't just utopia. Yeah. There was, there was all the elements in it. And, um, you know, and, and so, and just, the, and just, I, I don't even know where to start because well, I mean we were we were doing the, our most in right. this last. We two were weeks. we were celebrating on every level and scale. Can I sling you some for, numbers real quick? Yeah, Absolutely. sure, sure. Send the numbers. So, how much do you think Black Panther cost to make? It costs like two hundred and like twenty something million dollars. Yep. So it's it's sitting at around two hundred million. Yeah. I haven't seen specifics. All right. Post that. Um. And in four days, it made that so back, right? in four days, it so it made its production budget back. It yeah. didn't make its production and media budget back in the opening weekend. Right. However, it is only it is one of only four. Fi- that's that's domestic. By that's the way. domestic. That's by just the way. domestic. It's one of only four films. Yes. To ever break a hundred million dollars. Yes. During its second weekend. Right. So it's currently sitting at three hundred and eighty million. That's just statewide. In two weekends, just domestic. Mm-hmm. Incredible. In, internationally, in, it's like half a billion already. Yeah, they're already saying it's going to hit that mark. It's it's like half a billion already. So yeah, yeah. So we're at three. No, so, yes. Yeah, so sorry, sorry, sorry. So we're at three twenty domestic. Yeah. Two twenty eight international half, worldwide over, over five forty eight yeah. yeah so they're they're definitely Insane. they're gonna Insane. make and this has only been two weeks Four and weeks. it's still selling out because I went to the movies last night to see Annihilation which said pretty good go see it um, but it was sold out every theater was sold out yeah. and that was seven o'clock at night so it was just like wow. People are still going to see yeah, it. Yeah, and I know people who've seen it multiple times. I, yeah, I know people have seen it four times. Do you think it's a billion-dollar franchise? 
It's way more it than a billion, a billion dollars. dollars. It, it will be. It's going to be like Harry Potter. They already predicted it. It will be. And I guarantee you there'll be more than uh, two films. And But wait, this hasn't even scratched because there'll the be surface spin-offs. On, on the Netflix buy and the HBOs and all those kinds of things. And yeah. not to mention And DVD the Blu-rays. And the Blu-ray and the, le- the legacy media. Streaming. It will definitely yeah. live on for quite a while. But, you know, the the interesting part to me was just how the story itself unfolded in the fact that, okay, now they flipped the script. These were people who, they have the power, they have the influence, they have the technology, mm-hmm. and, and and now they're going to offer it up to the people. You know what I mean? They're going to open spoiler, up. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. They're going to open up. That, that, <laughs> there was a lot of... There was so much happening. There was a lot in that, in the fact that, okay, the perception was... This was some small, poor little village, but that really wasn't what it was. Well, so, yeah, and and, now and and they speak to that at the end. It's gonna open up, and now like, okay, well, here you go. Now, but what do you give? Like, what, what? Well, that's is why the sequels sacrifice? are made. What are mm-hmm. we gonna do? Where's mm-hmm. that gonna go? Like for me, first of all, for me as a black woman, to see, okay, so I'm, I don't know, caramel complected, black woman, right? So I've not had the issues that a darker-skinned black woman will have. My sister is chocolate. She's darker than Vaughn. Um, I have brothers that are darker than Vaughn. I don't understand. Th- I don't experience their experience. I don't know what darker than Vaughn means, but okay. All right, Vaughn's like chocolate-complected. Yes. They're a little darker than you. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the African-American experience, we yes. deal with shades. And color, of, color of issues. Our, of our color issues. And we deal with that within our community and outside of our community. Absolutely. So while I have had my own individual issues as African-American in this country, I am not um, shook immediately by people who don't like my complexion. Mm. Um, so what I like is that there were so many dark-skinned sisters who do not get the love that they so richly deserve in this film. The element of natural hair, which is very important for black women, Mm -hmm. um, is exhibited in this film and could not have existed um, if they'd thrown wigs. Like, there's a scene with a wig, and it's laughed at because it's like, it's made to be funny because it's like, she's like, this is ridiculous. I want this right. off my head immediately. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And she's like this badass general. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me to see women in a position of power, I mean, um, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to mess up Denai's character's name. Okio? Mm-hmm. Okio? Um, she was the general. Mm-hmm. She was the general. For her to... Um, be the right hand of the king is amazing yes. as a woman first mm-hmm. as amazing for Nakia who was uh Lupita and his sister um Suri to right. all be in three powerful positions where people listen to them and right. really respect it to me spoke volumes Absolutely. I, I, I really love that as a woman his sister's My, kind of the spy chief right his sister was the science officer yes. oh sorry the science of officer. the entire she, nation she, she like, makes Lu, it all happen Lupita was the Lupita was the Nakia spy, the spy but chief, she yeah. she was the spy chief but she was also like in a position of some royal family she that's was right. she, she was, was, in the, a, she, she was uh, part of the river tribe right 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 yeah. so like that's another thing um I just 
there was such a celebration of them <clears throat> and their place in society that it amazed me. Um, what also amazed me is that, I mean, okay, it's utopian, but it featured uh, uh, an untouched Africa, you know, African society, which is uh, something Africans across the diaspora have never seen and longed for. Absolutely. It wasn't colonized. It wasn't touched. Um, there wasn't institutionalized racism. Yeah, they kept themselves a little ostracized from people. But, I mean, they had their reasons, and part of me doesn't doubt them, and another part of me wants them to share. But we'll go into that. But what I also appreciate about it is, even though it was a Marvel movie and you liked it, it had these underlining elements of uh, uh, social, economic, and political issues that yeah. still affect us to this day. Um, its protagonist was not only a superhero, but he was a king and thus behaved as such. He right. behaved with nobility, and it was a stark contrast from Killmonger. And not to say that Killmonger's um, uh, behavior was bad. It was different from a sense. He operated from a place of pain, yes. which I think a lot of African-Americans and understand. And he spoke to the African-American experience as opposed to the that's, african experience. That's what I'm saying, that a lot of African-Americans would understand that he's speaking from a place of pain. But thus, when you speak from a place of pain, you don't always make sense. So I understand what he was saying, but we'll unpack that in a minute. And he did make bad decisions. He did make he, bad decisions. He killed innocent but people. you do that when you operate from a place of pain. Right, yeah. He was a sense, you know, um, you know, what's the word? Hoptobian? Uh, um, he grew up as an American. He became a military. He, he was in the military. Right. He did what military people do, and that's called kill people. Yeah. So he did what is expected of him to do. But not he only was that. Also, but he was also a scientist. He was also very educated, and he knew he had a plot from the very beginning of his journey, yeah. based on his upbringing, living in Oakland, California, when yeah. it wasn't so pretty. Which, which I really like that he paid homage to Oakland. Absolutely. is from Oakland. And yeah. so was Huey P. Newton and the whole Black Panther Party. Yeah, we get So there was, there was so many overlays yeah. to history in this film. And I think that what was interesting is that they talk about the, the disconnect between African-Americans and Africans. You know, because we live that, you know, and I know a lot of white folks don't understand that, yeah. but we're not the same people. And we're we, not even connected. We all the have time. a different experience because we were taken and brought here and then had to assimilate and, and acquire this culture living in America. Yes. Whereas Africans didn't have that experience. And the ones that come here now, they're just coming like everybody else did. Our descendants as African Americans came yeah. on those fucking ships. They are immigrants. We so, were slaves. Guess so what? It's a total you know, and, and Killmonger references that. He references yes. that over said, and over again. He said, "My people would rather die than be in right. these chains." And, so see, and, here's the thing: you have to think about also. Killmonger is operating from a place of pain. Mm -hmm. So if we all hop the ship and refuse to be slaves. There would be no Vaughn and I. Mm -mm. Yeah, exactly. we would have never made it to America. We would no have future. never survived. There would, there would be, be no, no Obama. There would right. be no future. Mm. The, the the pinnacle of who we are would never have existed. Right. We and all of and all of our ancestors and all the people that that paved the way from Absolutely. us from those surviving slaves on right. those ships Absolutely. to all of the W. E. B. Du Bois, yes. the George Washington Carver, the, the Rosa Parks, the Marcus Garvey's. All of Kings, those people would never have existed. They would have never existed. You know, Sojourner Truth. Had we Truth, all just 
None of but that would have happened. we would have just, think about it, too. We would have only been lost merchandise. Right. We would have been nothing more than that. Right. You know. And so that the what this film explores in a very yeah. subtle way, because yes. it's still a Marvel film. Yeah, because it's still a Marvel and film. I think, they didn't hit I, it over the head. And I don't head. know if everybody understands. But not everyone got that, too. I don't know I if think. everybody understands why it impacted black people in the way that it has. Yes. Yeah. Because it, it literally sits in the same cultural paradigm that Roots did. Mm. You yes, know what I mean? Does. And that's the scariest part about it because I know I don't know if everybody understands that because it's just like, wow, we get to we get to see ourselves in a different way on the screen. And I've been watching a lot of clips online where kids were like, oh my God, this is what black kids were saying when they Which saw these posters up yeah. saying, well, this is what white people feel like every day. Yeah, yeah. Also, and you see that, the kids point that out said a whole lot and say that they're them. Right. That I'm said them. a whole lot. I'm T'Challa. Right. And it wasn't. And the thing is, little girls have the same power, the same power. and influence as little boys. And it the, wasn't a, they, about you don't know this and you can't do this because you're a woman right. or you're a girl versus a boy. Think about that. We when never I, get that. When I was a kid, I saw Aliens, and it was the most badass thing I've ever seen. Fuck Star Wars. I thought Sigourney Weaver was a fucking legend, right? Mm -hmm. If I was the same little girl at 10 years old seeing this, my five-year-old niece saw this and was like, I'm Nakia. I was like, bitch, oh, my God. Right. You're, you're on yeah. an elevated level than I ever was. I was idolizing this. It's not to say Sigourney we was white, I shouldn't idolize her, but to be able to idolize woman, someone, saw, I saw her, her as a powerful is, woman, yeah. but to see a powerful black woman of your complexion has got to be so empowering for a little child. Mm. Now she's taking that with her forever. And it was, there's, there's, there's this quote, I have to mention this. I read this in an article, I don't remember where. But it said, the more important currency to this movie is not the dollars and cents. Although that will be substantial, but the impact on the zeitgeist. Mm, totally. I mean, you don't just watch this film, you absorb it. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're a person of color, I think. Yeah, I think so. No, I mean, and, and, I mean, you've, got, you've got films like, you've got Dope. Yes. Get Out. Yeah. Um, Black Panther. I mean, it's, just, is, it's, it's rising, right? And within so the last couple of years. And they've all made... This is the thing is that the reason why we talk about money yeah. so much yes. is because money if it makes, makes dollars, it makes sense. It makes sense. Right. And that's the only way that anything in our capitalist, capitalist society is going to yes. make change is that these things are profitable endeavors. And as much as that sucks, yeah. what's great here is colored cinema has, is a fucking dominating capitalism. And that's what yes, I love about this is Al because it's uh, Alex also didn't mean the colored thing. Don't get nervous. Yeah, no, no, no. no. <laughs> but like people of color. Yeah, you know he, what I mean? he meant color. color, people of color. Yes, but I that clarify that. for the I get that, and you know, I got the, it. The, 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 <laughs> the, the thing about it, I think we're in a time where, because look at look at the music industry and how oh, yeah. hip hop and R and B dominated the music industry mm. this year. They didn't want to talk about it, but it, it was a fact. And that's never happened before. And so now they're, they're in a situation where, okay, the, but it's because the perspective of the world is changing. We're becoming a global world, mm. and there are more people of color than there are of just white folks. Sorry. That's just a reality. Yes. And, and so, I feel so threatened. Vote Trump. You're fine. <laughs> you will die in Wakanda. <laughs> you see R. Kelly's not allowed. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> 
Ah, Kelly wasn't allowed in Wakanda. Oh my Our God! So many people, black Twitter, went at him. They were like, right. they were like, you will be slaughtered on sight by right. the by the guard. We don't do child by the Dora Milaje when you arrive. Yeah, we don't do child. There is no in child molesters in in Wakanda. Right. We protect oh our girls. Right, absolutely. <laughs> Literally. Absolutely. So, but I sell that to say yeah. is that it just opens up, it opens up a different view mm-hmm. of one. It should open up a worldview because now I want yeah. more people to understand Africa and understand our place in Africa because we are connected to it. And I want other people to understand that contrary to what Trump thinks, it's not just shithole countries. countries. Yeah. You know, it's a continent of beautiful, amazing, and talented people. Yes. And I think once again, this film shines a light on that and and even though it's a fictional place it's still a reality because i know several africans who are amazingly talented amazingly smart and doing amazing things in 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 science and technology and medicine and and we need to see more of those kinds of stories and we need to connect the world. We need to stop trying to build walls around ourselves and understand Which that we're all here. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so I think that's what this film does. Well, I think, you know what I really like about this film is, okay, regardless of all that we're talking about of how it relates on other levels, it's a good film. Yeah, I was going to say, let's talk it's, about the it's film. It's a good best. film. Let's talk it's about the, the challenge scene. Mm-hmm. The challenge scene in which he challenges, he becomes king T'Challa and he's naturally challenged. Well, they set out a challenge. He's been, um, he's been granted uh, this, the throne because his father has died and they remove his powers, which is this uh, little heart-shaped flower bud thing that mm-hmm. he drinks and they take it away from him um, and then they, 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 uh, bring on any challengers or at least invite mm-hmm. challengers to come. The, the, yeah. And so thus he has to prove himself as a regular man. First of all, the scene is amazing. Can we talk a little bit about cinematic history? Um, in the historic context, the color sitting on this cliffside is is amazing. It reminds me of the Wizard of Oz. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I meant the Wiz. <laughs> Strike me, put him. Strike you down, colonizer. Strike me down, colonizer. Because that is ridiculous. I meant the whiz. The whiz, the scene in which he goes into Those that. Those Nazis at Disney have got I your know. mind shook. They got me shook. Yeah. But <laughs> the one scene in which Dorothy arrives, and it's like, um, it's sort of like the scene in which. Um, with the dwarfs almost. It's like she goes, she arrives, and everybody's in dressed in, in color. So it's like, you know, you got to be seen in green, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's that whole thing where everybody has this color. Excuse me. So it's just like, okay, so they're on the the cliffs and every tribe is dressed in a specific color. Yeah. And they're all and we talk about costume design. The costume designer uh specifically mentions how actual African tribes were inspired her to make these absolutely and you could see that all you could it. see it throughout you can clearly see it so that was one of the things that i thought was amazing um the technology in it is is awe-inspiring yet very inviting and not not um assuming you know it's it, it's very inviting i i just want to talk about how like the beauty of wakanda is 
is is amazing. It's this beautiful blend of like countryside and technology sort of fused together, mm-hmm. thus giving us this 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 hope of um, of what it's like or what it could be to be a Wakandan. Yeah, it's about what it could be, and mm-hmm. and it, it it may be naive. And it opens up the space, right? It's it opens not just up about urban dwellings, but it's also about the rural right. environments and so on and thus so forth. Thus, paying homage to 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 Africa as it is, you know, yeah, right? Absolutely. Maybe it's naive. But it was absolutely stunning, you know, and I say naive in a sense that I understand that this is a fictionalized tale. But like we said, it gives people a sense of hope of what of what a um, uninterrupted place would look like. You know what I mean? It just it just feels absolutely amazing. I mean, I, I think that the high marks go for the go to to Kugler and to Rachel and to and to the cast for Absolutely. and to Marvel. Let me just give Marvel a little bit because yeah, Stan I'm going to tell you why because they knew what they were getting when they got Ryan Coogler and the way he created the characters. It's almost like he allows them to breathe, you know. Um yeah. You know, he allows them to to live as individuals, you know. I, and I just love that Marvel was like, go ahead, do what you got to do, and allowed Coogler to sort of, like, live in the diaspora and make all these diasporic uh, connections, you know, from the b-ball in, in Oakland with the right. crates to to the hey, auntie, right. you know. right. You know, little line that and the artwork is it that was in her lab. The artwork that's in her lab, and there was music. There was, there the was music, so much happening. The you beauty could hear and the, the colors, drums, the 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 jewelry they wore, um, even the mention of the colonizer, which was a nice little yes. jab to like even things that that related to to current to to our current life, like uh, when she talks about his shoes, she's like, what right. are those, right. you know? It just is all worked together to breathe life into this this film, which I'm so happy that it was genuinely yeah. good. It's yeah. not good because it's black. It's not good because it's Marvel. It's, it's just good, good because they made it well. Right. And, and, they, and the attention to the detail. And yeah. I think that Ryan wanted to, he wanted to bring out these moments and he wanted to, yeah. Fill the screen and the in the experience with all these kinds of references. Oh yeah, so that it was it's accessible. It's, it's accessible, accessible to, to everybody. Everyone. Yeah, and and I was telling one of my my colleagues, one of my coworkers, because he has a young son and he was right. wanting to bring his son to this would be his first Marvel movie, oh. and he was excited about seeing Black Panther. This right. little boy who's like seven or eight, and he was excited about seeing Black Panther. And his father, my coworker, was like, oh, I want him to be able to see the film because I've heard so many great things, and I see all these cultural references, and right. I want my son. This is yeah. a white man. He said, I want my son Aww. to understand what this means. That's beautiful. And so he he brought his son to this screening, and he said, I really want him to understand this, and I want him to see it and right. absorb it in that way. And he already loved Black Panther as a character right. you know, from his comic books and seeing him in, in these other Marvel films, yeah. and he wanted to expose him. Him to this, I think that's beautiful. And I was like, "Well, you you go ahead and do it." I said, "Because it's 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 really about the father son relationship. It's about the 
the mother and the daughter and, and, and everybody in as a family and as a community, right. you see community in this film. Right. And, a, and a lot of the Marvel films outside of Logan, because Logan taps Logan's into this the too. First to really and I think it that yeah. it's good that we're seeing, because me personally, I was very much over all of the Marvel superhero kind of movies. I still am, but I'm and I'm, a, and I'm a Batman it. person. I'm a DC mm-hmm. person, but I, I love Marvel and what Marvel does, especially with X-Men. I like that Marvel stuff. Yeah. But I, I like where they're going with this, and this will keep me engaged in a little bit yes. longer because I was actually done with it. Yeah. So I'm glad that they gave me some hope for I, yeah. the future of what they can do, and I'm, re- I'm ready for Deadpool, I'm glad by the changing. way. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, I'm they're changing, and they're opening up to yeah. like a human interest. So you were a Deadpool fan. It's Tawana that wasn't a Deadpool fan. I wasn't I'm a Deadpool, Deadpool fan. fan but I'm interested in the sequel. Yeah, I'm mm. a Deadpool fan. So I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with it. They've got the, the, the Kiwi kid. From the hunt for the wilder people. Oh yeah, it's like yeah. psychic. But anyway, that's yeah. an aside. I'm sorry, Kiwi. What were you talking about? <laughs> Which one? I'm sorry, but that is a person of color. Which one? Yeah. Who is sidekicking that film? Oh, that so. little guy in the cab. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I didn't realize it was Kiwi. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No disrespect. The girl is Kiwi. British, I think. No disrespect. No? All I think about is Leslie. Who's Ogham's. the girl? Oh, you shaking your head at Vaughn because he's disrespecting Kiwis. That's right. I'm not disrespecting <laughs> but Alex, Kiwis. Right. Please share what you felt about. Like yeah, I want to hear what you thought. You want the foreign, I want colon, all the, of the foreign colonizer perspective. Yes, well, I know. want. I would like that. I don't <laughs> don't really creep like... up on me, colonizer. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that was my. I that was howled at that line. Everyone got, howled. <laughs> the the theater exploded. <laughs> so good. I was like, I never expected to hear something never like expected that in a that. Hollywood film. <laughs> but it was just so natural too. It yeah, it was so natural. What I loved, I mean, this film was just, that's the thing is, is I am never going to be able to connect with this film on the level that you guys can. Yeah, of course. Um, Because I don't have any historical basis or narrative for, not like, I don't know what it's like to, Mm -hmm. it's it's not like I look at Sylvester Stallone films (laughs) or other like white action hero films and think, that's me, you know, (laughs) but at the same time, I don't think it's not me. Right. And so it is interesting when I hear you guys sort of talk about how, and I've heard, like, I listen to the New York Times Daily podcast every right. day, and they've done episodes on this as well. And there was this one excerpt which with, with some kids at a, at a theater, and they said, this one kid was like, oh, man, like, that's how I feel. Like, it's so Aww. awesome to see the poster and to see it's beautiful. to see this, like, 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 is this what it feels like? Is this what it feels like when white people have posters? Like, I would love this country too if I saw this every day. Like, it was just that one right. line though. Like, I would love this country too if these were my heroes. Right, you know? right. And that really connected with me because even though I am white, right. New Zealand is a country that is often forgotten about. Yes. We are traditionally left off. Fifty percent of the maps that are oh. ever drawn anywhere oh in the world. Oh my god, that's horrible. <laughs> also, people think you're Australian, and people think we're Australian, right? <laughs> and it's, you know what I mean. And so, that's the other thing is is there's there's just New Zealand as its own diaspora. Yes. And then there's New Zealand native peoples, Maoris. They are an even more persecuted diaspora. And right. then you've got Polynesian peoples who just live within New Zealand oh, as wow. an additional diaspora, exactly. right? So. I can really appreciate what this film means, although I cannot relate to it on that same level. But I think it's just, for me, I hate the fact that people 
I mean, I grew up in a very liberal society, so I hate the fact that there that that these kinds of that that you guys the things that I take for granted every day, and this isn't about me being fucking hashtag no, woke or anything like fine, that, whatever. but it's just it's really heartbreaking when people that I care about right. and people who are friends of mine and people who I value as human beings, yeah. not based on what their skin color are, right. don't have heroes yeah. and don't have things to look up to. Because the only reason I get out of bed every day and when I feel like I can achieve something every day right. is I feel like I have hope. Like I'm going to change something. I'm going to make an impact. I'm going right. to do something at work with my loved ones, with my family. Right. And it's that's definitely something for for white people not to prevent not 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 to use that as something to get down on themselves about right in, in respect of i'm gonna slow myself down yeah in order to give an opportunity to somebody else right but it's something to just be because that's honestly that that's counterproductive right um but it's the idea of don't think that that's not an issue yeah like right. don't think that's not something that your friends and family have to deal with and right. I, I know i know a lot of my contemporaries particularly in mm. this country yeah but even in new zealand as well yeah they really brush off race as if it's like an issue that's long forgotten right. oh but it is certainly not but see it's long forgotten and, for them because and, and, they don't experience it. and the exactly. scary the scary part about it is and and i agree with you and 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 for me Thank God my parents taught me to not be about hero worship and all that. So mm -hmm. That's why I'm not about athletes and entertainers as far as they weren't role models for me. My role models were my own family mm -hmm. members and, and mm -hmm. my mom and my dad and, and what they taught me and my Absolutely. grandparents. God knows what my grandparents taught me. So they were role models for me, but I understand the impact of it. And so, it, so when you have, when you're looking for, representation because for us as black people we're always looking for representation and, and how that mm -hmm. representation is presented yeah. because we're seeing more and more people of color on screens now and in movies in, and in, in entertainment and whatever demographic sports and everything but it's how we're represented mm -hmm. and as a person with a disability i'll i'm still not seeing that but that's another that's another battle to fight mm -hmm. but you got drake <laughs> I'm gonna let you have that because actually Drake did a oh, damn good my performance oh in my Degrassi because I actually watched those years. I know when I know. Drake was you appreciate Drake's disabled in his his performances. Can, but can, Canadian black people, that's another conversation. That's but another that's guy. another one. Well, but, he's he's half south southern. But yeah. once again, yep. yep. But and once again, I, I think that there, I can't believe you went there. <laughs> I'm going to throw shade at her another time. <laughs> yeah, you get your own but my point it's is, love, my love. point is, it's so hard to find relevant. I agree. Representation of mm -hmm. people of color. Right. And, and sadly, I want Asians, Latinos, and all these other countries that, cultures that live in this world right. to also be represented we've been fighting for this for hundreds of years and we're still fighting so if we're still fighting and they're still decades behind us in representation what is this world going to be we have to get past the situation where everything is about white folks mm -hmm. i need i need us to in in film television movies 
yeah. everything else, jobs and everything else to not just be about white people all the time. There, there are many other stories to be told, and it's not about being the downtrodden or being the minority, because actually we're not the minority in the world. So if that's the case, it's time for our stories to be told. Thank you, Ryan, and all these other filmmakers and all these other creators yeah, for telling these stories. Issa and all these other Just people. be an American. No taxation without representation. I mean, yeah. that's what it comes down to. Right. We would like that. But. Right. But it, we already know. <laughs> we don't but really control my, my thing is, is, it's time for other stories to be told. And I hope that, you know, I, you know this podcast, we're, we're all over the place in this podcast, but we... We, it's I been think a long we, episode. We tell it, it, it was going we to tell be. it like it is. And yeah. I knew this episode was going to be long, but oh, you yeah. know what? But you guys are enjoying it. You know what it is? It, it is what it is because it's, it's all about sharing our experiences about these films and, yeah. and, and what you get from it. And I hope that there'll be future films in line, one, one historical, you know, coming of age and there's all kind of coming of age stories. I yes. want to hear some some female coming of age stories. There's a whole bunch of male coming of age stories. Exactly. I would love to hear some more female coming of like, age stories too. Let's speaking of Rachel Morrison who direct who I directed, I'm sorry, who who was the DP on Mudbound, uh the director D Reeves did mm-hmm. a film called Pariah, which is all about a black lesbian's coming of age. Mm-hmm. That speaks to me like a motherfucker. But, like, how many other black lesbians are out there? How many other biracial lesbians are out there? How many, you know, it all speaks. Uh, For instance, I saw Annihilation last night. Gina Rodriguez was in it. Mm. She played a lesbian. I'm sure there are some Latina lesbians out there who was rooting like a motherfucker for her at that movie. I mean, I was rooting just because she was hot and a lesbian. But I just... (laughs) But I'm, you're I'm right. Some, like some, but, some but woman there, is going to see that as an inspiration. There was some woman that saw that and just said, oh, my God, she's me. And she was a scientist. So, I mean, with that being said, representation is, is, is utmost. And give people a break if you see them in some kente cloth in Coming to America. Yes. Mm-hmm. And for all our African-American blacks, however you would like to be classified, it's not too much. Nope. Do, we deserve do, this. Do your best. It's you. okay for everyone else to go out in Harry Potter garb and Star Wars garb. Mm-hmm. Let them have a little bit of black joy. What Jay Z said. Do you? Man. What I what I eat don't make you shit. All right. Yeah, right. Just let them live. Right. It's fine. Everybody is welcome. Go out. Enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't act a fucking fool in a movie theater. Just have a good time. Right. Don't disrupt. So my. My final thoughts on this Well, I like disruption, but it's okay. But disrupt, but within law. (laughs) So my final thoughts on this is, it's not my favorite Marvel film. Okay. But it's my most landmark Marvel film. Yeah. Like, just from from a purely, like, the screen, the screenplay, the script, everything. Yeah. It's one of my top, my top Marvel films. It's not my favorite. It's not my favorite. What's your favorite? Honestly, I'm up there with Deadpool. Uh, yeah, like I'm Deadpool. up there with Deadpool just because of the absolute sass and the belly aching laughter that it gave me. You know what I mean? But I think, as far as like the cinematic diaspora, yeah, absolutely, my like mind blowing and landmark. Yeah, and it sits Agreed. in the top, it sits right up in top films for that. Um, but yeah, I, for, it's fantastic. I agree with you. As for me, I think that these past couple of years have been phenomenal in terms of representation. Um, between Atlanta, Donald Glover, 
Issa Rae is insecure. Um, Lena Waite in uh, Master of uh, Master of None and everything that she's got coming out. And all of Shonda Rhimes' work. All of Shonda Rhimes' work. In Oprah. Yeah, yeah. I actually said it. I'm wow. surprised. I'm going to say, let's include Jordan Peele, Get Out. Yeah, and absolutely. Ryan Coogler's um, Black Panther. I, I mean, fucking loved Get Out. Absolutely. So, like with these with these films, it adds to the consciousness of their target audience. And for once, I'm sorry, I felt as if they were speaking to me. And as a longtime cinephile mm-hmm. who's loved film, irregardless of what it represented, I I'm just here for it now. Yeah. I'm not just an observer. I'm now a part of the zeitgeist, you know? And I'm saying to you, no matter who you are and where you are, go see this. And I've heard from some people, you might be a little afraid. Don't be afraid to be the only person in the audience. You will not be that. Everyone is going to see that. I've heard this. I don't want to be the, the I don't fucking, want to be the only white person in the theater. Dude, but there are black white people I'm like white people everybody watching else this too. in the movie. We went to see the 34th Street. Okay, mind you, it's a little touristy, but we had Asians, we had whites, we had blacks. We had well, everyone excuse in. Excuse me, there is no way a film can make 500 million dollars in 4 days or for 14% people. of the black population. <laughs> right. It's Four, I'm sorry. 13%. Here we go. Yeah, 13% of the black population, okay? I'm thinking there was some Latinos in there. There were some whites. There were some Asians. Right, exactly. We can't sell out theaters as powerful I as we think we are. I saw this fucking film in Connecticut. That's <laughs> as white as it gets. Exactly. There were literally two black people in the in the film, in the theater, and it was sold out. So Because it's a Marvel movie. It's, it's a, a Marvel movie. Because it's a damn good film. It's a damn it's good a film. It's a fun movie. It's just a if fun movie to watch. Even if you're a basic white person speaking to my people right now <laughs> and you just care about a damn fun film this right. was a, this was a hella fun film hella fun hella fun regardless of what the representation was it was very good go fucking see it shout out to Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar and uh, SZA on the soundtrack too, yes by the, way. the whole thing oh yeah fire cool. But let's wrap this up, let's guys. Let's wrap this up. We're at the two-hour uh, mark. At the two-hour <laughs> mark. Two That's okay. We had three episodes. We had three episodes. We had three films, and they mm. were all powerful. And Love this it. is Oscar season. So that's it for our Oscar film wraps. What's the next films we're going to watch? Um, The next films we're going to watch. Have we discussed this? Yes, we yes, discussed we this, but you were a little bit. Serious. Oh, so I was unrepresented. So, I mean, you could you could valley no, a point now cool. if you like. That's, that's okay, cool. so let's that's tell cool. you what we decided, and then maybe you'll... The 50 Cent film. I want to see that. No, that's never happening. Okay. That's um, but that's on we, DVD already. We are saying <laughs> Red Sparrow. Yes. Jennifer Lawrence. You know I love a good femme fatale. She's going to have some titties out. And she has a lot of nude scenes in this. Okay, and then the next one is what? Can you just control your thirst? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm wow. sorry. I pulled it in. I pulled, I pulled it in. Oh, God. <laughs> oh All right. And the Red other film and what? is The Cured. The Cured is an, in, an independent film mm-hmm. about what happens to people after they've been cured of a zombie outbreak. <laughs> That sounds awesome. And and so it's they were so, zombies and they were brought back. Then they're brought back. It's kind of like that film. The um was it the missing, or the awakened. The departed. Or the, something. Departed the departed or something where all the dead people come back. 
yeah so it's it's got um um trying to remember her name she was in hard candy oh yeah the, the lesbian ellen girl. page yeah mm-hmm. ellen page so yeah so i think that's gonna be good you know it's about how the disease that turns zombies people into zombies is being cured anyway um with that being said i hear the music calling my name anyway <laughs> if you like this episode Please be sure to like, share, and follow us on all our social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on SoundCloud under Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. And don't forget to use the hashtag, hashtag BBM Podcast. That's it for us for now. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Bye, film fans. (laughs)